0: It is good to be here, it is good to gather, it is good to see brothers and sisters in Christ who are here at God's call to worship Him. A couple of announcements as we begin, our Bible study tonight will be at 6, not 5, as it says in the bulletin, so if you're coming uh, to Bible study tonight, we will meet at 6, and we are in the chapter on good works in the confession of faith. Also, elders and elders will meet tomorrow. Excuse me, just elders will meet tomorrow at five um, in the fellowship hall. So be in prayers in prayer for that. And also, if you have any prayer requests that you would like us to pray for as the elders of the church, please let myself or one of the elders know so we can be praying. Also, I have one correction in the bulletin, uh, which our last hymn is hymn three twenty-six, nearer my God to Thee, not four seventy-three as it is written in the bulletin. So if you keep up with that early, that's hymn 326. Women of the church will have their lunch bunch on the 25th at 1130 at the Humble Tomato in Lewisburg. And then also the women of the church would like to thank everyone who donated to the Family Refuge Center, to the Wellspring, and also helped out with the Gwen's Meals this week. So thank you from the women of the church and from myself to everybody who helped out and donated for that. Um, I have one other thing, but are there any other announcements? A birthday. All right, so we do have a birthday today, and so Linda Clemens' birthday is today, so we will sing to her. <laughs> Our call to worship, our order of service is found in your bulletin. Our call to worship today comes from Psalm 99. Hear these words as we are called to worship our Lord. The Lord reigns, let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim, let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion, He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity in Jacob. You have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord, our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud
1: they kept his and three he gave them
0: o Lord our God you answered them you were to Israel a forgiving God though you punish their misdeeds exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain for the Lord our God is holy let's pray Great and holy God above, we gather in your presence today to worship you. Because of the work of Jesus, we have the grace of gathering without the fear and trembling to which you call the nations. In embracing Jesus' work as our only hope, we come before you in a spirit of worship, a worship marked by the Spirit and the truth. Remind us of your glorious presence here in this place. And as we pray to you as you taught us, we ask that you hear Accept and answer. And so we do pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please take Bible songs, uh, the green book there before you. Please take it and turn to Bible song number 205. The song entitled The Holiness of God. Our God is a holy God. And we should lift uh, our voices and shouts and songs of praises when we do remember his holiness. And so let us do that now by taking and standing, uh, taking Bible songs and singing number 205, the holiness of God. be seated we talked in Sunday school today a little bit about how we can take older hymns to new tunes and we get an opportunity to think think about them but here we have uh, different words to an older tune that we're more used to and it gives us an opportunity as well to think about God's holiness our God is holy he is holy 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 and he calls us to be holy as well But oftentimes we fall far short of that holy standard. And even those of us who are justified fall short of his glory and sin. And so let us take some time today to silently confess to God our sins and begin that process of repentance. As you have confessed, lift up your heads, enjoy and hear the assurance given to us by John. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just. He will forgive us our sins and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our scripture reading today comes from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. We will read verses 1 through 12 in chapter 11. The author of Hebrews has given us the the hall of fame of faith, if you will, listing all the people who have come before us who have who were justified who were who glorified God by their faith. And then the author of Hebrews begins chapter 12 with these words, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, The author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart in your struggle against sin. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline, and do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy and inspired word. And now we will consider what we shall give to our Lord and to our Father through the giving of tithes and offerings. Um, We still have the baskets, uh, one here up front, one in the entryway as you leave. And um, consider prayerfully now how you will worship God through giving. God and Father above, in, in your holiness, in your graciousness, you have provided for each of us as you see fit. Lord, help us to honor and glorify you through what we have given today, where we are tempted to hold on to what you are given, and yet you call us to be stewards of it and to hold on loosely to the things that you have given. And so we give to you today, seeking to worship, seeking to honor, seeking to glorify. And we ask that you use what has been given today, and multiply it so that we might be a blessing to our community with the gospel, so that we might be blessings around the world with the gospel as well. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please remain standing and take your hymn book and turn to hymn number 275. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. When we consider the grace of God, we should be moved to just think how amazing and how wonderful and how awesome it is. And so let us remain standing and sing <laughs> hymn number 275 Amazing Grace. Please be seated. In Sunday school, we talked a little bit about one of the ways that we drive the truths of scriptures deep into our heart is through song. Another way we do it is through creeds, uh, creeds that we memorize and creeds that we profess out loud. And so today I ask you, Christian, what do you believe according to the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven All right, a couple of prayer updates as we go to the Lord in prayer. Please continue to pray for Janie um, and pray that she will continue to strengthen. Uh, we're glad Barry's here today. Continue to pray for him as they're adjusting some medication. Hopefully that will help with the uh, fatigue that he's been dealing with. And so please continue to pray for him and for Donna. Also be praying for Kermit Moore as he was diagnosed with uh, um, prostate cancer. And so pray for him and Linda as they look at treatment options and look to see following up with doctors on MRIs and things like that as, as to how serious it is. So please keep them in prayer. Um, are there any other updates or prayer requests? I do pray for Linda's sister as well, Gay, as her uh, Parkinson's is uh, far more rapidly progressing Um, than they were expecting, so please keep her in your prayers. For Cohen and the Bramley family, please continue to lift them up. As we are nearing vacation season, please be praying for all those who are traveling, this week specifically, uh, the next couple weeks, the Pearsons, so keep them in your prayers. Anything else? You know, we'll be all right. Any other prayer requests? Let's pray. Heavenly Father who reigns on high, may your mighty name be praised and worshipped above all things. May your glory be seen in all the earth. We bow down and join our voices with the saints who are in your presence, with the saints who gather here on this earth today. You are worthy to receive glory and honor and power. God, oftentimes we are like the Apostle John who was confronted with the glory and power and might and awesomeness of your presence. He saw the glory shining from the throne. He saw the majestic angelic beings hovering around your throne to add their praises to your glory. He saw the sevenfold spirit and the lion of Judah who was the lamb that was slain. He saw the elders and the apostles and the multitude of saints offering praises to you. And then he saw the scroll of your intentions, your purposes for the world, a scroll that was sealed. And seeing that scroll, he wept because he realized that there was no human worthy to open the scroll and carry out your purposes for the church and the world. Lord, we have opportunities at times to glimpse your glory You show your glory in your world. We see that glory in the sunrise and in the sunset, in the marching of the seasons and in the beauty of the flowers. You show your glory in your word. We see it in the promises throughout the Old Testament, the choosing and preserving of a people and in the redemption that was accomplished in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus. We see the promises of eternal life in your presence and we wait secure in the knowledge that you will see your promises through and then we look at the world around us and we despair we weep we see the fallenness the brokenness we see the effects of a groaning creation we see violence done against our fellow man we we try to deny the evil around us but we can't and like john we weep because we know that we are unworthy to bring about your purposes for this world. And then like that elder that came to John. We are reminded that there there is one who is worthy. The lion of the tribe of Judah was the name spoken to John as the one who is worthy to bring out your purposes for this world. Then he turned and saw the lamb who was slain but is now alive. As the images of history unfolded before him, he saw the lion lamb at the center of history. He saw the cosmic battle between the lion lamb and the great serpent, a battle that plays out in the world versus the church. The saints who are persecuted are safe in the arms of the lion lamb. The saints who fall to natural disaster are safe in the arms of the lion lamb. The saints who suffer affliction and sickness and persecution are safe in the arms of the lion lamb. Then you revealed the glorious future that awaits those who remain faithful to the lion lamb. And John wept again, but this time they were tears of joy and of worship. O great God, remind us that our tears of despair are collected by you and they will one day be tears of worship as we stand glorified in your presence. O great God, remind us that the lion lamb has defeated the great serpent, and that we are safe in his arms. Lord God, please be with our brothers and sisters today who ache and ail. We think of the Bramleys and ask that you sustain them, strengthen them, and bring healing to little Cohen. Continue to remind them of your presence, to continue to remind them of your compassion in the midst of their struggle. We pray for Gay and ask that you sustain her and strengthen her and the rest of her family through her struggle with Parkinson's as it just seems to be ramping up its speed and its progression, manifesting itself in non-normal ways. And We ask that you strengthen her and comfort her in the knowledge that you have defeated death and Hades or we pray for Barry and ask that you strengthen him and ask that you help this change in medication to work and to manifest itself in him in a way that he is strengthened and, and able to be up and doing the things that he loves to do. Continue to be with Donna as, as uh, she cares for him and look after her and strengthen her as she cares for her father as well. We pray for our sister Janie as she bears the weight of a groaning creation as it manifests itself in her sickness in her body and, and remind her that you are her God, that you are the Lion of Judah, the Lamb that was slain and is now alive, and that you have defeated all of her enemies and all of your enemies. We pray for Kermit and for Linda as they deal with this diagnosis, as they await uh, reports from doctors as to what's next, Uh, strengthen them remind them that you are sovereign over this that this has not taken you by surprise and that you will see them through this as you have seen them through other difficulties in their life in the past remind each of these brothers and sisters and others that we carry um, heavy in our hearts that we bring before you in prayer remind them that they are safe in the arms of the lion lamb draw us to you O lord Comfort us with your glory. Sustain us with your grace. I pray all of this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Please take up your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Proverbs. As we continue our study of of Solomon's teachings to his son, Rehoboam, we will be in Proverbs chapter 23. We will read verses 12 through 28 and then jump down to verses uh, 1 and 2 of 24. Uh, We'll cover that intervening section next week. Um, We're actually going to split up uh, one whole section into two sections. It was just way too much to cover um, in one week. So um, we are today in Proverbs chapter 23, beginning in verse 12. Apply your, excuse me, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you punish him with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and save his soul from death. My son, if your heart is wise, then my heart will be glad. My inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but always be zealous for the fear of the Lord. There is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise. And keep your heart on the right path. Do not join with those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat, for drunkenness, for drunkards and gluttons become poor, and drowsiness clothes them in rags. Listen to your father who gave you light, life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom, discipline, and understanding. The father of a righteous man has great joy. He who has a wise son delights in him. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. For a prostitute is a deep pit and a wayward wife is a narrow well. Like a bandit, she lies in wait and multiplies the unfaithful among men. Then down to the first two verses of chapter 24. Do not envy wicked men. Do not desire their company. For their hearts plot violence. And their lips talk about making trouble. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we approach you in prayer once again. And as we open your word today, hoping to see how we might uh, be blameless before you, walking in your law and seeking your blessing, We know that we are witnesses to your goodness and to your righteousness. We know that we are to be seeking you with our whole heart and walking in your ways. Through the Holy Spirit, empower us to learn and keep your precepts and instructions diligently. Keep us steadfast and faithful in our walk of holiness. May we not be put to shame because of our sin. Keep us always looking toward your instructions and wisdom and lead us to praise you as we study your word. We pray this, knowing that you will never forsake us in Christ. Amen. What makes you happy? You ever thought about that before? Have you ever just really sat down and thought about what is it that makes me happy? Or maybe what am I pursuing that I think will make me happy once I reach it, once I embrace it? Maybe the pursuit is wealth or relationships or food or drink or sleep or approval or knowledge or prestige. We think that as we pursue these things, as we grasp them, that they will make us happy. And although he doesn't use the word, Solomon does deal with happiness throughout the book of Proverbs. Instead of happiness, he uses words like joy or blessing or even wisdom but Solomon is seeking to teach his son, and since it is inspired scripture us as well, Solomon is trying to teach his son that the, that one path in life leads to happiness, while another leads to destruction. In the passage we are considering today, Solomon puts these two paths before his son once again. The path to destruction is marked by envy of wickedness while the path to happiness or blessing or wisdom is marked by the fear of the Lord. And so the question before Rehoboam and us in this passage is this. Will your pursuit of happiness lead you to joy or to destruction? And in seeking to answer this question, we will look at the contest between envy and fear. In verses 17 and 18 and also in 1 and 2 of chapter 24, Solomon contrasts two emotions. He contrasts envy and fear. He tells a son not to envy and calls him to fear. Now, what would Rehoboam be tempted to envy? Well, he would be tempted to envy the success or the seeming success of the wicked. The book of Proverbs gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes, and it's almost too Uh, or at least accused of being too Pollyanna-ish, that if you do this, you'll get all these blessings. If you follow the rules, God will will bless you. But there are places throughout the book of Proverbs where Solomon admits the fact that sometimes the righteous suffer and the wicked prosper, and that that is a reality that Rehoboam is going to have to deal with. He's going to have people come before him as king and judge and jury of the nation of Israel who have prospered in their wickedness and are still trying to seek to twist justice and to twist the law to their own benefit so that they might continue to profit off of unjust and unjust actions. And Solomon warns him, don't be jealous of those people. Why would we be jealous? Why would we be envious of people who seem to prosper off of wickedness? Because that path seems so much easier than the path of wisdom. The path of wisdom, the path of righteousness is a lifelong struggle and pursuit. And the rewards of righteousness and wisdom oftentimes are delayed. We talk about delayed gratification when it comes to, to the path of righteousness. We've talked about wealth before, gained bit by bit and little by little. Uh, Pennies squandered and saved as you seek to live within your means, being the way that wisdom brings wealth. And yet there will be people out there who seek to pursue wealth in unrighteous and in wicked ways. And we will envy them because, man, they, they they get successful fast. We forget that the success can go away quickly as well. But, man, I, if I just do what they did just for a little bit, I'll just get comfortable wealth wise. And, and then once I'm comfortable, I'll back off and pursue the way of wisdom once again. And Solomon warns about that and he warns about that here and throughout the book of of Proverbs by reminding us that those who pursue wealth through wickedness and violence will have that violence boomerang back upon them. In Proverbs one, we learned that the violence will eventually become victims of their own or other people's violence of their own wickedness. And Solomon reminds us of that as well in today's passage in verses 19 through 21 of chapter 23. He reminds us that those who pursue uh, drink or gluttony or drowsiness or sleep or laziness will find themselves victims of those things. The wicked do not keep their heart on the right path, but they seek after their physical desires they seek after the delicacies of life or just a whole bunch of food in that they are gluttons. They seek to fill their needs and their desires with food and and gluttony, according to Matthew Henry, can both be and a lot of food, which, you know, you know, shows itself in, in very clear and, and, and visible ways, or it could be those who idolize the delicacies Who idolize just, Yeah, I've got to have just the right wine or I've got to have just the right caviar or just the right steak or just the right chocolate. That can be gluttony as well. And he warns that that will boomerang on you and cause the destruction of poverty. Those who pursue the physical desire of booze and alcohol will find themselves destroyed as well. And those who just can't get up a little turning, a little slumber, a little more sleep will find themselves destroyed by their wickedness as well. The pursuit of our physical desires will ultimately lead us to poverty. We also see violence boomeranging in the pursuit of illicit sexual relationships instead of following God's wise ways. The fool pursues sexual relations that are contrary to God's will for sex. And that is a trap that destroys. It destroys relationships. It destroys the way we think and view other people. It can have medical side effects. Whenever we step outside of God's will for the physical relationship between man and wife, we are tempting destruction and may find ourselves destroyed. But the ultimate reason that Solomon tells his son not to envy the wicked is found in chapter 23, verse 18, and that there will be a loss of hope for the wicked. There is surely a future hope for you, assuming you were wise, and your hope will not be cut off. That word future there reminds us in the book of Proverbs that it's not just the future is in tomorrow or next month. Or 10 years down the road, that particular word future, especially when it is joined with hope, reminds us that there is a future beyond this life that awaits us. And there is a hope in that future for the people of God. If you have embraced Jesus as your savior, if you have had the Holy Spirit change your heart to one that pursues wisdom rather than wickedness, there is a hope of glory that awaits you. A hope where tears are wiped away, a hope where wrongs are made right, a hope where God's glory is seen and we live with him forever in his presence. But for those who pursue wickedness, that hope is cut off. And the warning is there that don't envy, don't be jealous of the wicked because their hope will be cut off. Solomon contrasts the idea of envy of the wicked with fear Or the fear of the Lord. Rather than be jealous of ill gotten gains, fear the Lord. This is the foundation, this is the beginning of wisdom in the book of Proverbs, as it is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 1 and Proverbs chapter 9. In many places, especially places where Solomon is trying to reinforce in the mind of his son that wisdom is very important, he grounds it in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is being in awe of God's holiness and in light of that awe, pursuing his will, his law and a sense of worshipful obedience. And why do we pursue wisdom? Why do we pursue the fear of the Lord? It's because God promises us joy. Joy is the reward for those who pursue wisdom. Joy is our present and future hope. Joy is something that we can have now and also have in the future. In the beginning of our passage today, after his initial call for the son to apply his heart, to actually do wisdom, to listen and apply the instruction and the words of knowledge that the parent gives, Solomon calls his son to discipline his own children and not be afraid that the discipline will cause death. In fact, the opposite is true. I want to take us. I want us to take a step back here for just a moment and consider what Solomon is talking about when he talks about discipline. We hear the Proverbs quoted before, spare the rod, spoil the child. We even have here in this particular passage that if you punish the child with the rod, he will not die. Punish him with the rod and you can save him from death. The word discipline in verse 13 is the same word as instruction in verse 12. And that reminds us that discipline is more than just punishment. Discipline is instruction as well. All of our life, parents, whether you are physical parents or spiritual parents, all of our interaction with our children is to be disciplined. The instruction that we give them, the teaching that we give them, the advice that we give them is as much discipline as the punishment that comes when when they are younger and when they willfully will not follow the wisdom that we are called to teach them. If you only think of discipline as punishment, you miss so much in teaching our children wisdom. It is as much or more about the instruction and the example that we give them as it is the punishment. Even the word for rod in the book of Proverbs can be used and understood figuratively at times of the entire discipline process. And if we undergo this discipline process, Solomon says, we will be rewarded. We will be rewarded with seeing our children saved from the folly and the the dangers of folly. We will see our children proclaiming the wisdom and the righteousness that we have taught them. And as he says, we will rejoice with great joy. It says in verse 24, it says, the father of a righteous man has great joy. Literally that says he rejoices in rejoicing. Fathers, mothers, That sense of pride that wells up within you when you see your children following a path of righteousness. That is a God given sense of joy. And we should rejoice. We should praise God when our children heed and listen to the teaching that we have given them. When God works in our children and they heed his teaching and wisdom, regardless of how we failed them. We should rejoice with great joy when we see our children walking the path of wisdom. But we should rejoice with even more joy when we begin to see our children and the children of our church and their hearts changed as they begin to not only love wisdom, but to love God. To begin to follow wisdom, not for the the rewards it gives them, but because of the fear of the Lord that they have. See, part of our discipline process as parents should be to teach our children who they are before God and where their hope before God lies. We should teach them the fear of the Lord that goes for grandchildren as well. That goes for children that are that God brings together within the family of our church as we seek to lift them up, as we seek to teach them not only the paths of wisdom, but to to teach them. That the fear of the Lord is where they should begin. I applaud the parents and grandparents who work hard to make sure their children are exposed to the gospel. That to make sure their children are taught the ways of Jesus and to be taught to be Christ-like and are taught wisdom. Because, excuse me, because the parents understand that the fear of the Lord is the place to begin and children you are called to respect and to honor your parents. And part of that respecting and honoring is bring, bringing joy to them by following the ways that they have taught you, both spiritual and physical. But when we pursue wisdom, God rewards us with joy. And we are reminded in that of our words from Hebrews that we read earlier today that our salvation was purchased. As a pursuit of joy. And that because our salvation was accomplished. Because Jesus considered the joy set before him. The joy that is us. The joy that is a people gathered to God. Whose hearts are changed to desire the fear of the Lord. To desire wisdom. We are reminded of that as well. That when we stray. Just as an earthly father disciplines his children. When we stray. Our heavenly father disciplines us as well, so that we may feel the joy of pursuing wisdom. And so Solomon lays before us here, do we envy the wicked or do we fear the Lord? Do we pursue folly and lose our future hope or do we fear the Lord and have the joy, a now joy and an eternal joy? So what makes you happy? Are you envious of those who walk according to folly and seem to be rewarded while you struggle to pursue wisdom and find yourself afflicted? Do you bow down under the weight of a world where wickedness seems to be applauded? Where people envy power so much, both in a political sphere and in a family sphere, that they pursue wickedness and seem to get away with it? Take heart, brothers and sisters, that those who pursue wickedness, their future has been cut off. They will ultimately see judgment. But take heart as well that we have a future hope. Thomas Brooks, Michelle posted a quote from Puritan author Thomas Brooks earlier this week that speaks to this hope that we have. And Brooks says, Christian, consider that the trials and troubles the calamities and miseries, the crosses and losses that you meet in this world. Consider that they are all the hell that ever you shall have. As we pursue wisdom in the fear of the Lord, shunning the envy of the wicked, we have the future hope of an eternal joy that is rooted in Christ. Let us pray. Our God and Father, I do ask today that you help us to remember the joy that was set before our Savior so that we might pursue wisdom and the joy that comes from that. Help us to remember that as we pursue wisdom and we see the wicked prosper around us, as we are tempted to envy, remind us that there is a destruction that awaits, a judgment that comes to those who pursue wickedness, whether it's the wickedness of their physical desires, whether it's the wickedness of wealth, whether it's our ill-gotten wealth, whatever the wickedness is that we are tempted to envy, remind us that while we may be poor here, we have a wealth of grace in you. Lord, thank you for the joy that you have set before us and the joy that our Savior pursued. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please take your hymn book and turn with me to hymn number 326. Nearer, my God, to thee. thee. That is our prayer, is that as we grow in Christ, we grow nearer and nearer to him. So let us stand and sing hymn number 326, Nearer, my God, to thee. As you leave this place, as you seek to walk in the fear of the Lord and walk in wisdom, please take this blessing upon you. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. In an anxious anticipation of the future hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, we cry out to God, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.